after breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch When I was peeing, I was thinking about mm. how this go, is dear go pit on. I was thinking about how the podcast is kind of like the talking club from Barb and Star. I've never seen that show. It's fucking hilarious and you should watch it. Okay. It's so good. It is very I good. I loved it. But they have talking club and you're invited to what's her face's house and you can there's one subject and you can only talk about that and you can only eat like whatever dinner the person is there is serving and if you're less if well this part wouldn't count for us but if you're like late in any way you can't come in the house it's like a social filibuster but it is just for talking and i feel like that's what i don't know if i've said this before but the podcast is nice because we're here for a reason and when we're done you leave. It's not like come over and hang out. Sometimes you know? I hang out. You the, do, but I feel like some of this is attacking. No, no, no. But I'm just saying. If you're late and you gave me no, eye contact, I did and then you did, you looked me <laughs> no, in the eye. You paid two, of y'all two were diet late. cokes worth of I penance. Did, I did. did do some penance. <laughs> Sacrificial today. diet cokes, yeah. too. <laughs> Thank you. No, I'm just saying it's such a nice way to chat. Yes. It might be high again this time. Um, but how I wonder if it would be beneficial for us to start our own talking club. Oh, or we I'd have be, one subject that where we, we have maybe we we could switch it up. Obviously, we go on a lot of tangents yeah. and it wouldn't be recorded. Oh but I God. like the idea of being like, all right, it's 6 p.m. You can leave my house or if you choose, you can go out somewhere after. Mm hmm. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Have you all seen the, like, kind of a trend, whatever, but I know some people that have done it for years where you put a PowerPoint together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think those are And then you just get, like, drinks and hang out and tell PowerPoint presentations and then... And then that's it. And then, yeah, you can go home. You can stay. You can kick people out. That, I think, is the good part. Yes. Is being able to be like, okay, well, uh, I'm tired. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Without exactly. it being weird, because it's not a party. Right. But it is. Yeah. So I don't like, like, I've never been somebody who had parties at my own house, but the older that I get, the less likely I'm going to do it, because I want to be asleep by 9.30. Do I've, me and just go to sleep during I, your party. I, I, I realize like, that this. is a yeah. signature move yeah. of mine. Yeah. That's truly the best thing I've ever learned from you. The funny part is, though, that no one usually leaves no. if I go to sleep. So you leave. I get You to get to what sleep. you want. Y'all get to stay mm-hmm. and I sleep. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Since Brandon and I don't hang out very late at parties, especially because we don't drink anymore, right. several people have told us that we are the litmus of when they should leave. Oh. Yeah. You know, that's, I feel I like you might have said that to me before. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. I do feel like there's a time at every party, at every gathering, there is a time. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you kind of get the feeling and there's like a 15 minute window. Yeah. You're like, and then, shut it down. Yeah. And then after that 15, you're in it. You're in it. You're going and there's just no stopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that 15 minutes. And typically what happens in my experience is after that 15 minutes is when all the fucked up yeah dark shit happens if you don't leave in the 15 minute window you're not leaving the house until 4 a.m no and And someone's crying yeah oh yeah or fighting or yeah having too deep of a conversation yes 
just asking intense questions. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Excuse me, I'm burping. Because of my diet coke, number one. Because I'm gonna drink both of these. That's why I brought you yeah. two. I appreciate I mean, like, in this I was, like, so, I'm chain-smoking diet coke. So, I don't I, I was not I was never a soft drink kid and I still am not mm-hmm. I thought about it when I was going to get Diet Cokes as penance mm-hmm. and I was like do I get a bottle and I was like no can, I can. feel like a can is the only way to go you go can or like the biggest fountain Diet Coke a fountain, diet fountain seems is, like number one can yeah. seems like two and yeah. then bottle seems like trash if you're trying to win prizes do it I yeah. feel like with I agree. And it's so expensive. Yeah. And it's single-use plastic. Yeah. I, so I bought these. Give me the styrofoam. That's better. (laughs) It was $2 even, and I had $2 cash, (gasps) and I I paid him, and I walked out, and I was like, those Cokes were free. That's the world I live in now. Yes. I was like, I just gave that man paper. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Well. It's incredible. Oh, I, I really appreciate it. I feel like with a fountain drink, I wouldn't want to get a fountain drink for somebody else because there's like an unknown ice ratio that they have a preference to. Sure. And know. I'm going half ice so I can get More. as much Diet yeah. Coke as possible Brandon, while Brandon, it's still cold. Brandon likes Dr. Pepper and he does as much ice as possible. I'm like, you're just robbing yourself of Dr. Pepper at this point. And then by the time you're almost done with it, it's like, it's like watery. watery. But Brandon but, will continue just, so he'll have his big mug that he starts with coffee every single day and once the coffee's done he'll just continually fill that up with whatever drink he has so by the end of the day sometimes he'll have like a coffee watered dr pepper like thing it's a super drink i was about like if you lick the inside of that it's just caffeine yeah delicious i bet you could scrape off the sides and sell it as coke resin yeah yeah (laughs) dry it out yeah (laughs) be like it's coke but it's safer Um, it's like delta eight there, see, perfect. Did you know these? They're selling Delta Nine. Which, yeah, isn't that I saw that. Like, is real this weed? like five G? I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think it is real weed. I so, mean, but so is Delta Eight. Well, yeah, but this one, the Delta Nine, has a more THC. So there's a store next to Alamo South Lamar, and they were having some. I randomly did this open mic, and two of my friends were there, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna go get Delta Nine gummies for thirty percent off at this place." I was like, "Well, I'm going with you." Is it the one right next to HGO Car Wash? No, it's like in it's the in the draft house, like yeah, complex. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they had. I was like, yeah, I guess give me like four fucking bottles of those. And mm-hmm. it's a lower like count. What is it? It's something like if it's 10% of 3,000. Right. Like a tincture kind of know. thing. Yeah. These are gummies that they had. But I was like, I just bought weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just bought. I just bought THC. Yeah. Are we allowed to do that now? So Brandon's working at the sign shop that I used to work at. And um, yeah, um, he literally took my job. It's very funny. Go Uh, Brandon. Go Brandon. But let's go Brandon. Oh, no. Poor, poor Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) He'll never be able to do a sport because I won't be able to cheer for him. That is sad. Brandon. Brandon. I do call him pretty much everything but Brandon. Mm -hmm. I just make a noise and he'll answer to it. Kind of like a dog. Brandy. We can call him. I would love to have a brandy in the family. I call him Booger. I'm not going to call him that. I call him that. Anyways, they were running some prints for like labels that were full THC local something. Yeah. So I don't know if people are just 
prepping. All right. <laughs> well, right now you can go get like pay a hundred dollars. There's a couple of doctors around town that are medicinal marijuana doctors, right. mm-hmm. and you pay them a hundred dollars, and then they're like, "Cool, you, uh, you do have that. PTSD, which everyone does yeah. if oh, you yeah. lived through 2020. Yes. You can claim it." And they're like, "We'll give you your hundred dollars back if you're not diagnosed and you can't get." We-. And I'm like, "Oh, cool, 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 cool. Got it. I see what you're doing, and I'm okay with it." So hopefully that's just yeah. Once they took our um, abortion rights away, they at the same bill they were like, "Let's loosen up this yeah. weed law." Y'all are going to pay more attention to this, right? Yeah. And you can get... Sleepy babies. You can get beer and wine before noon now on a Sunday. Yeah. And to-go beer. Didn't they keep the to-go I beer stuff? I think they kept that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those things do benefit if you have a bunch of babies and you can't stop having them because nobody will have them. Yikes. Here's all this to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck for the rest of your life. I don't know, man. I... When we were talking about sodas, all I wanted to be like was Haley and I were not soda children. No, don't ever. We only ever had Diet Coke from my mom from her big styrofoam Styrofoam cup. cup. Because she would go to the Mexican food restaurant next door to her. Or to Bud's. Or to Bud's. Yeah, when Bud's was there, was a burger joint in the middle of the parking lot. And she would get her Diet Coke for the day and just like. She didn't even drink it at home. No, it was definitely a work time yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh. But she could get free well refills, and they just, they I mean, just gave it, it all her. of it was free. She had unlimited supply of free Diet Coke. Yeah. I didn't like Diet Coke oh, when I was younger, though. I, I like it. it now. I drink a lot of it at work. We should just replace the Austin water supply with Diet Coke. I mean, we'll never have a problem thank you. again. Okay. You get that nice sticky look when you get out of the shower. Yeah, just it's like, glistening, mm, sticky. Ellie got here and immediately pooped. I did. She's like, <laughs> Whitney's, oh, Whitney's house, saving up this it was, turd. It until was the later. way that the the time in which I got coffee to the time that I got here. Whitney was also a notorious shit breaker in high school. So what is that? What is she that? would leave high school to go home and poop? Oh, I mean, yeah, like she would not poop at high school. I didn't, generally, I didn't have to poop at high school. In college, though, we did have community bathrooms, and I could not fucking do it there. And I would wait, well, I was very depressed at the time, and I wasn't eating very much at all. She looked great. Looked incredible. Yeah. Um, We went through this. Yeah. yeah. I would, like, wait days and days, and then be like, okay, now I can go home to mom's and Doodale. fight with my sister who and was fight with really everybody. excited for her to be out of the house i am <laughs> god why are you back Just oh no shit. that was when i was i guess i was 16 or 17 at the time because you were 18 and 19 when he would come home and i would be so mad because <laughs> i thought i was rid of her mom you know she was like she's really depressed you need to not be mean to her and i'm like I don't dang know. mom said that yeah. mom sweet <laughs> She did make me go to a therapist also. Yeah. Because Damn. only weak people. I'm it was kidding. mostly yeah. because of the shitting. Like, it wasn't. <laughs> well, to this day, I'm like a. The doo-doos are like russet potatoes. <laughs> and just oh one God. giant, like, rip your butthole every time. <laughs> you need to see a therapist <laughs> about these poops. This is, this is this emotional. This is a mental block of your colon. I regularly go. I don't know, two to five days without. I go right now. Always. Like <laughs> instead of like being able to burp at any time, <laughs> Haley's like, You want me to take a shit? Dare me. It's I will go take a shit right now. <laughs> and y'all watch this. <laughs> the door is open and she's just looking out. You, you seeing that? You wanna come do you not believe me? Do you not believe me? Come look. <laughs> 
me like I named it Look after me in you. the eye. Disgusting. I'm flushing Lisa down the toilet mm. now. It was named after you. What? Okay. <laughs> That's a childhood memory. Yes. Yeah. One of our cousins used to name all of their poops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And she'd go, bye, mom. Bye, Uncle Jim. And just flush the turds down the toilet. Thank oh, you, Lacey no. Renault, yeah. for the beautiful, beautiful memory. <clears throat> oh, God. Don't Incredible. personalize we don't something listen. you're immediately flushing no away. Way. They're going to live in Pooville. Yeah. Yeah, Pooville. Like, however <laughs> that song goes. Cool. Well, that was good. Welcome to Weird Brunch. Welcome to Poop Talk. We got here. Welcome to Poo Town. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to think of what the Grinch would be called in Pooville. <laughs> I realize it's going to be called Pinch. The, yeah. I was going to say Clinch. Oh. The clinch. Yeah. Well, maybe. Cindy yeah. Lou Poo. <laughs> or Cindy Poo Lou. Yeah. That might work. There's a too bit. much. Like everything rhymes with poo there. So those, yeah. those yeah. are very easy to change out. The poos down in Pooville were. Yeah, doing their, their shit. Yeah, doing their <laughs> shit. Doing their shit. I didn't even mean it that way, and it was good. It was good. Maybe I'll just add in a bunch of diarrhea sounds <laughs> over this whole part. Oh, just God. Like, no, you need to do it like quietly enough in the background where you think you're just picking up the audio. Like, what is happening? Right. Yeah. And then there's a moment of silence, and then and you're, yeah. you're like, okay, maybe I'm not psycho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a moment of silence that's broken by Haley going uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't be silent <laughs> yes it's very true I mean y'all act like I have to strain I don't <laughs> yeah uh huh mm-hmm. very <laughs> it just slides right out of my butthole <laughs> let me tell you if anything is too easy <laughs> like little submarines <laughs> Winnie, you're way too descriptive with like the shapes and consistency. But I mean, ideally, yeah, I mean, we can all relate. Ideally, it's like really if thinking, thinking about of, like a good shaped doo-doo. It would I'm be not. Like a it has submarine. one periscope. I'm at not. least, there's, yeah, there's a little bit of periscope. We're not bananaing here. Like this is a little shank. There's a couple little half like, of this needs to be outs. taken out. Like yeah. I too hate banana ing as a verb. <laughs> Get the fuck out <laughs> no I, yeah i would have t- if i was not on this podcast i would have turned it off by now so i don't feel sorry well, for anybody who does you know we did introduce it as poop talk we so. did well we did. yeah the true heads the poo heads the poo heads oh, <laughs> they'll and still be our theme here. song would be this straight talk song except talk, poop talk, talk. Yeah. <laughs> poop talk poop talk we're gonna be all don't do that to dolly part dolly would sing it course making me angry we now. should okay. probably cut half of this yeah uh, all of the <laughs> talk at the beginning of it and then all of the shit talk immediately mm-hmm. followed literal shit talk yeah the fastest opening we've ever done yeah, yeah. probably that uh, was only fun for us yes yes absolutely <laughs> who's gonna go first we didn't introduce ourselves oh what's your name Haley lamond is my name what is your favorite color blue no green ah! Okay, that, oh, was, God. that is what we need to cut out <laughs> because quoting Monty Python is one of I didn't the know I was thing you could do. At a red pill party. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, my name is Haley Lamond. My name is Whitney Lamond. 
And this is Lisa Lamond. This is Lisa Lamond. <laughs> yeah. I'm Lisa Lamond. Mm-hmm. I almost said, and your mother smelt of elderberry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't want to feed in. To the, the Monty Pythonists. To our general direction. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey. I'm full of jokes. Other people's jokes, but yes. Oh, whatever. <sighs> Uh, Haley's rude. I'm kind of mean today. I'm convinced that you're not a nice person. Oh, yeah. Convinced. I'm convinced you're dumb if you're just figuring that out. (laughs) (laughs) Good person and nice person are two different things. Yeah, for sure. And she is neither. Mm -hmm. So, I guess you're. I'm just a mean person who's real regular. (laughs) Those are my two main personality types. Most people, I think, yes. Women want me, men want to be me. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) If only I could be so regular. It's just so mean. Yes. Yeah, I want those things for myself. I do think it's a direct result of not drinking. I know. I've never been an issue. Huh. Yeah. You just have, you got dad's stomach. Yeah, it's not good. I got dad's alcoholism. Which do you want? I mean, I I'm still finding out my journey, so <laughs> it's still in the cards, as well as psoriasis. Ooh, so let's see I was what having that psori- wild yeah. card pops up. I had for a little, me. I had a little patch of like dry Ooh. skin, and I was like, "This is it," because Dad didn't get psoriasis until he was in his early 30s. And I'm like, "It's my turn. I'm gonna wake up with cradle tap covered in sores." Oh God! Don't ever say that again. <laughs> like, I think Lisa's throwing up. This is a really gross podcast yeah. so far. We're getting gross. Mm-hmm. Gross and granular. Well, does anybody have a gross story? No. No, mine's not gross. That's good. Mine's let's, not gross either. Okay, well, let's reset one of y'all's not gross stories. I vote Whitney goes first. Jeez. Okay, well. We gotta get we gotta get going. We gotta get going. I'm gonna have to poop at any minute. I know. So. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> There's no stopping it. Once Can you her just butt censor out every stop. time we say <laughs> With a, <laughs> I could try. I did that for our it last funny, episode. Yeah. It is a little time consuming, but I could I, do I it. liked it in the last episode. Our, it would, it would I only did it episodes. for a little bit of it. It was so inconsistent. Yes, like when we I decided know. to do it. So it was, it was just, just <laughs> this flurry of random. It, it, yeah. yeah. We're hilarious. More people should listen to this it's podcast. Very true. Okay. Um, let me get to it. So, have you ever heard of Starfish Prime? It's not a butthole. <laughs> I feel like yes. No, is this I haven't. Underwater. It is thing? not underwater. It is the opposite of underwater. Okay, well, so it's a lie from the get-go. So it's in Spain. Oh, is it Starfish Prime? Yeah, it's it, called Starfish Prime. Okay, shut up. Oh is something so, happening next month with it? No. Okay, that's no. a different one. No. So y'all remember the good old days of the Cold War, right? Yes, it was my favorite time period. A be lot alive. of people's like, oh, I miss it. I love it. It was tomorrow. I really like. Is it, f- was it tomorrow? Is it currently say, coming back? Cold <laughs> War Two. I, I like the idea of impending war than active war. Mm. But then mm. now that we're experiencing that, I think I might need to walk that back a little bit. Yeah, impending know? is not fun. Mm. I've decided walk it back. Okay. I said Cold War, shit's going down with Russia, especially the space race, Mm -hmm. but also nuclear shit, right? Testing bombs, doing Cold War stuff. Just Cold War things. Just Mm -hmm. Cold War things, Mm -hmm. fun Cold War things. Getting under your your Um, girlfriend. Getting under your desk, like that's going to do something. And someone was like, what 
if we get wild and combine the two and explode a nuclear bomb in space? What's gonna happen? And they're like, all right, let's try it out. So four years before this, is this this Americans? This is Americans current. Well, both of them, really. They're like, we exploded them all over the place. Like, let's just try it out in outer space and see what happens. Very excited to find out how much this cost. Okay. I don't know how much. I don't think it says how much it costs. It's also, it's, it's just has a real big American vibe. It does. It's very American. Have y'all thought about blowing up space? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck it. It doesn't want us up there anyways. Let's just fucking blow it. Okay. So four years before this idea, a guy named James Van Allen from the University of Iowa had been experimenting with Geiger counters on satellites, claimed to discover that there is a deadly band of x-rays surrounding the Earth. Hmm. And radiation from the sun hits these like things out there and it can hit it so fastly that it jams whatever satellites are out there it like fucks up our shit that we have in outer space and this is like the late 50s so it's obviously not as nearly as what we have now we have so much shit out we there have so oh it's gonna God. look like trash planet in like a hundred years but from, from the, the outside, outside yeah. yeah orbiting trash. we already know what it's inside, like here. we're already in trash planet fun third phase into so, the ocean Van Allen announces his findings on May 1st, 1958 to the National Academy of Sciences and the American Physical Society and the Chicago Tribune is like radiation belt dims hope of space travel. So they thought that this was going to fuck up getting in and out of outer space for humans. Quote, there's death lurking in a belt of unexpectedly heavy radiation about 700 miles above the Earth. And today it dimmed man's dream of conquering outer space. God, dramatic. So, news of the, quote, hot band of peril. Oh, hi. I've that is a hot, that yeah. is a hot band of peril. Yeah. Immediately. Cast doubt on whether Laika, who the Russians had launched something into space, Laika, the first dog in outer space. Yeah, Mm -hmm. supposedly the Russians or the Russians said that she should have been able to survive for about a week in space on Sputnik Two, which is what they sent up. That's what they claimed in 1957. The Soviets said after six days the dog's oxygen ran out, and before that she was euthanized with poisoned food. That's good. But it was later learned that Laika, the first live animal to be launched into space died just hours after the launch from overheating and stress when a malfunction in the capsule caused the temperature to rise so that poor poor little russian dog basically had a heart attack that just ruined my entire fucking i'm sorry r.i.p like a floating r.i.p a good day that i was i'm sorry r.i.p your good day i never have good days it's fine (laughs) (laughs) they are numbered this belt of radiation is being held in place by the Earth's magnetic field. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're calling this the Van Allen belt. It's right after you, bro. And he's on the cover of Time magazine and all this stuff. And um, he's like, all right, I'll work with the U.S. military on this top secret project. If I, sorry. Yeah. I would never tell anyone I discovered something that could harm or be bad. Yeah. Because well, it, then it's named after you. It's still. Yeah, that's true. I think most of the time you don't know if it's like going to be bad or not. when you get a disease named after you. Like, yeah. Like yeah. if you, but if you even have an inkling, I'm going to be like, y'all 
Haley, Haley found Haley's, this thing over here. The mean one? Yeah. yeah. She did it. It's <laughs> her okay. belt. Um, so it's the height of the Cold War, and this is when they meet up with their friend Van Allen, and he's the government's like, so what if we explode a nuclear bomb in space? Their idea was that maybe it would rupture the Van Allen belt and allow for potentially, I guess, safer travel or shooting shit out past this band of radiation. What year was it that they first started talking about it? 58? In 58, he's pulled in on this top secret project. So this is pre-actually going to the moon. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. In Their reasoning is, if we don't do it, the Russians will. Mm. And over the next few years, the US and the Soviet Union are testing atomic bonds in space with literal or no... (laughs) I can't talk. It sounded like you said atomic bongs, and I... (laughs) Hell yeah. Atomic bongs. Oh, I'm sure that brand exists. Oh, it has to. I just like the if if the, if we don't do it, the Russians will. They're thinking the Van Allen belts on top of this, maybe blowing a hole through it or something. They could also be used to attack their enemy in some point. If we do all the math, it could be a weapon. By 1962, the U.S. is ready to test way, way, way more powerful bombs in space. And that is when the first Starfish Prime launch happens. June 20th, 1962 at Johnston Island in the Pacific. JK, it didn't launch. They had to abort that one because the launch vehicle failed and the missile began to break apart. The nuclear warhead was destroyed mid-flight and radio contamination rained back down on the island. Good move. People know that this is happening. Like, it is top secret, but people are aware that atomic bomb testing has been going on in space. People in Tokyo, London, Moscow have been paying attention. Would you, um, like, see it? No, okay. not not that one. Mm-hmm. But they've just been opposing nuclear testing in space. They're like, this is not fucking good. We're protesting at the U.S. Embassy. People are pissed. But when they reschedule the new shooting of the bomb in Honolulu, where it would be very visible, they're like, this is a headline, in blast tonight may be dazzling, colon, good view likely. Everyone goes to Hawaii, books out their hotels because they want to see this shit in action. Around the world, though, people are pissed. Like I said, the Soviet Union carried a headline crime of american atom mongers u.s carries out nuclear explosion in space which is kind of funny because just like a year later they were doing it as well soviet film director sergey yuktevich said we know with whom we're dealing yet we hoped until the last minute that the conscience if not wisdom of the american atom mongers would hear the angry voices of millions in order of ordinary people on Earth, the voices mothers of scientists in their own country. A couple months before they start to get pissed about this, the Soviets had tested the most powerful nuclear weapon to ever be detonated in our entire history, and it was called Tsar Bumba. <laughs> Which was a 50 megaton hydrogen bomb that they exploded out in the Arctic Ocean on some like icy shit. It's kind of hot calling the kettle black. Mm. So on July 9th, just after 11 p.m., 
the U.S. launches a 1.45 megaton hydrogen bomb up into the space above us. Almost immediately, an electromagnetic pulse, EMP, (laughs) knocks out electrical service in Hawaii, which was nearly a thousand miles away. Telephone service is disrupted, streetlights go down, and burglar, uh, burglar alarms are set off by this electromagnetic pulse that was so huge it severely affected somewhere a thousand miles away. The sky above the Pacific was illuminated by bright auroral phenomenon only three minutes after the blast, and they thought it would take it 13 minutes to get up there, so shit's going down. It's Um, going up. It's going up. Quote, the moon was centered in a sky partly blood red and partly pink. Clouds appeared as dark silhouettes against the lighted sky. A brilliant white flash burned through the clouds, rapidly charging to or changing to an expanding green ball of iridescence. People in Fiji saw it, which was 2,000 miles away. Everyone was like, it's breathtaking. This thing is so fucking cool. Everybody really enjoyed watching it. At this point, we knew like how bad that was. Like that's my, because we had already dropped bombs. We knew what radiation was. Starfish, instead of doing what they thought, which would be fuck with the electrons in the Van Allen belts. Instead, it just, significantly added to them the atomic energy commission's glenn seaborg wrote in his memoirs quote the result contravened all of our predictions so not great when it came to that this radiation basically took out like most of the satellites that were in there telstar which was at&t had launched a satellite one day after starfish and it was still it like knocked out all their shit because of the emp or because of the actual like explosion i think it's because of the electrons in the like it's supercharged like yeah it just added to all of them. Yeah. I don't know how science works. Don't fucking judge me. That's, but and that's why I stopped it speaking added, in this moment. Yes. Uh, I, I think most people can track like, oh, how it kind of works. Like sticking a fork in an outlet? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Throw it, like, sure. And if you do it again, your hair is going to be even yeah, crazier. Yeah. Throwing a toaster time. in a... Yeah. in a bathtub but yeah. that radiation belt was kind of natural and then we added this giant bomb to it and like really pumped it up yeah um, it's like in a whirlpool where the whirlpool's going and then you and your friend just going around and make the whirlpool faster yeah 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 mm-hmm. but with mm-hmm. particles and science that happens the soviets end up testing their own high altitude thermal nuclear device in october of 1962 <laughs> That further adds to the shit in the belt, the belt and further fully damages Telstar's shit until it's rendered useless. And then in 1963, after seeing that the Russians definitely were taking some fun missiles to Cuba, aka the Cuban Missile Crisis, John F. Kennedy and Khrushchev signed the limited nuclear test ban treaty in 1963 that also banned atmospheric and exo-atmospheric nuclear testing. Obviously, Cold War went on after that, but... We won that one. <laughs> did we? I feel like I did, personally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was born right before that. Right before what? Right before the, the Berlin Cold Wall. Oh, yeah. Down. Within my first year of life, I took down the Berlin Wall. Dang. <laughs> but Pretty yeah, sure it was that's, Hasselhoff. That's 
Project Starfish. And the hot dog flavored wine. I know, exactly. <laughs> she was waiting for it. There are pictures of it and some video, but the video is like black and white. Yeah. You can't really see shit. There is some like music play- being played. Like clearly they broadcasted it and put music over the background or something. It's kind of weird. And the pictures are okay, but it looks kind of like a sunset. Yeah. I was about moon. like what you described. I was like, oh, that's like when I'm driving home. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice violet crown. But yeah, basically what it mostly did was just add a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of shit into that radiation belt. So can we, but we can, we still got, in, we still got to moon. Yes, we still got to. Do we moon. have to avoid We still go belt? out in space. I assume you just shoot through it because there's radiation everywhere. And the, the actual vessels that we build now are can right. more better be good yes. at resisting bad. Most of you, them. Yeah. So that's it. Woo, outer space. It's out of this world. Mm. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm done talking. Yeah. It'd be cool to get off this planet one of these days, huh? No. We'll never be never wealthy enough happen. to be those people. I don't know if I would. I mean, they'd have to be so advanced on that ship for me to be like, yeah, I'll get in a rocket ship. There's no fun. It's the same as bungee jumping. 10 years. Or ago. skydiving. I'm not doing it. It's I wouldn't do that because I feel like the reward on that isn't high enough because you people do that shit all the time. Like 10 years ago, they started a, not a lottery, but you could enter to be one of the people on the manned mission mm-hmm. to right. mars yeah obviously they want people who have skills and stuff so I, we're all out yeah oh my god absolutely i don't think like comedy is what they need up there <laughs> personally wow. um, Lisa. <laughs> i just kill I mean, yourself i don't know i mean i'm saying equitably that I we're on a like... comedy podcast like together <laughs> sure yeah but um, i mean we all know who that was directed at i mean feel like a lot of things <laughs> but i would i would sign up for that like it's a guaranteed suicide mission even if you successfully make it up there like you're gonna die on mars i like a real like slow burn so if i could like plan my suicide to where <laughs> the way i die is just on another planet cool that sounds great what if i do have a therapist if you're looking at me like that Thank no you. i yeah i was just like slow burn but it's really kind of a fast burn whenever you if die you, in space. oh sorry if you i mean if you successfully land on mars that's great but you're going to die on mars well they're not going to be able to bring because you back there's no joy from comedy on mars no. apparently mm-hmm. what is there to live for <laughs> i agree terraforming oh, but how how long can you terraform isn't that like minecraft yeah it's this is what Lisa's, we need gamers Lisa's on not mars terraform no like no she i'm not no. none of us are terraforming i so mean i might even if i can that. make like a giant dick that people can <laughs> see in telescopes in, yeah i live in the dick <laughs> your front door is i don't know that I, like, it's a hobbit door yeah, hole every morning and you're like <laughs> allowing oh for potatoes like doing <laughs> mars hobbit shit and living in your dick house <laughs> And then I, that's how I get the ring, and then I take it to Mordor. I mean, think about the kind of Mordors that are on Mars. There's got to be. It is one big Mordor. T- more like the most door. Yeah. That was good. And I, <laughs> I mean, are y'all surprised door. after this conversation why y'all wouldn't be invited to Mars? <laughs> I want to make a dick on Mars. <laughs> Terraform this got, dick. And I feel like yes. the previous president would have been like, that one can go. go. Yeah, <laughs> let's get her <laughs> up there. She's got ideas. Mm. Let's bring him back. Um, <laughs> he never went away. 
No, he, he did. actually he is. is ruling the United States right now. Holy shit! That's I know that. What I heard. Yeah, my coworker got an email. Somebody signed her up for some shit, and she got this email, and it was completely unhinged email that was like, "Sign this Valentine's Day card for uh, Daddy Trump and Melania." They obviously called him president, but mm. and there's like. <laughs> this image that looks like if it had glitter on it it would make sense like and oh, my space yeah. kind of and melania's faces and all of the oh, links no. are like is it a link bright. to her nft no mm-hmm. it's like from the it's from gop like yes. dot com or okay. whatever yeah and it it is Ugh, anyway they, they don't the artistic people don't go to the gop no. so all of their design is clip art severely you can't even see melania's face i'm like well that's one of the fakes yeah yeah <laughs> everyone knows it's this. just stand in yeah stand in understudy well, speaking of history repeating itself, Fantastic. during 2002, in the height of Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan, the U.S. military of uh, invasion of Afghanistan, they're fighting the Taliban in their de facto capital, Kandahar province. There is a, let's see, so that was in 2002, and then in 2016, this guy, Mr. K, he is a... That's uh, Mr. K. K. <laughs> Is that how he said That's it? That's how he says it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you call me Mr. K. K. He is a military contractor during that time. And so he goes on to this uh, YouTube channel with this guy who is like a, he's a conspiracy theorist who is trying to take current events and align them with biblical prophecy. Um, You don't have to try so hard. They line up like almost perfectly with very little effort. I mean, it's the same thing as like when you're doing tarot and it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, is something, are you starting? something mm-hmm. well any- is there someone in this room who is missing a, a someone named which with starts with an s starts with an s so mr k is sharing the story of when the u.s military took out the mythical kandahar giant Ooh. I would love to know what the Kandahar giant is. Oh, Whitney, we're going to get into it. So he is a, Mr. K describes him or it as a 13 foot tall, you know, man-ish. That's not very giant. Like I know that's, that's That's not like like, two people. Yeah, Yeah, but that's not that giant to me. I think, I think like ice giants. Like I think tall as buildings. I'm sorry if my expectations of giants are too hard, but like. Two Haley's. Two Haley's and half a Whitney is like a... Two Spencers. Yeah. That's fucking tall. I'm not denying that it's tall. I'm saying it's not my expectation of a giant. You're saying it's more of like a troll from Lord of the Rings size than... Or I guess it's technically it's the Hobbit. Maybe like a cave troll. I don't know. Let's keep going. Bigger than an orc. I might be able to reassess if I have a little bit more context. Okay. Well, the next thing is fiery red hair. We've scared yet. (laughs) So it looks like a 13 foot tall human ish. Ish. Yes. With red hair. Yes. Got it. Red hair, six fingers, six toes. Love it. And two sets of teeth. How does that work? Like sharks? Like sharks. Mm, Got it. Layered. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Cool. How else would it work? You got on your back. chompies and chompies. Chompies. Oh, like a sideways oh. mouth. Yeah, sideways Like chomps. a Cinnabite kind of thing, yeah. 
Oh, what? How, okay. What? It's from know. Hellraiser. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. What happened was uh, he, this giant killed one of the special forces with a spear and then uh, one of the soldiers. And then the unit took, this is from Mr. K, the unit took the giant down with 30 seconds of sustained gunfire, which is a very That's a long, long time. time. A lot. And then afterwards, they radioed it in. The army took the corpse, and they haven't seen it since. So that's Mr. K's story. story. Mm. In 2002, a group of soldiers went missing. They were in the remote mountains of Kandahar in southern Afghanistan, and they failed to make radio contact for a long enough time that they were like, rut row. So they sent special ops, and it's not known which branch of the military was in the special force and they climb up they're looking for this this group of guys they climb up into the mountains and they come across a cave with scattered army equipment that's broken and there's a bunch of bones laying around oh that sounds bad yeah but there's no signs of soldiers and so while they're like what's up with this cave what they did find was the kandahar giant <gasps> and then that's when he spears the soldier and it's like a metal tip at the end of it and then mr k said he said 13 feet but the legends or like different stories have kandahar giants being up to 15 feet is that um, better for you yeah is that i'm i'll deal with it it's fine it's is my it own like thing. an eiffel tower minimum now say, well that's like we now that haley's seen the biggest thing in the world the, the eiffel, eiffel tower, tower. <laughs> it's gonna at that least is giant. half as tall as that for me to consider it not just like a tall man so you need half a t tower <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like an Eif, like at least an Eif. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. even close to that. Mm-hmm. It's not even a full E. Mm-hmm. Along with the things, you know, with the red hair and the six digits, which multiple people have said. Is um, it six digits? Both, so like three fingers on each hand with for a total of six digits? I think it's three on each and three okay. on each foot, too. So three. Fingers, oh, three kind toes. Of like, are we thinking like like a like T Rex? Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. It's definitely more Ninja Turtle. Okay, gotcha. So the, he also leather moccasins, just covered or dressed in animal skins, and then smelled like quote dead bodies. So after that spear, there were thirty seconds of continuous fire, and this is a quote. Between them, the squad was armed with full auto M4 carbines, uh, recon carbines, semi-automatic, and M107 Barrett anti. Material rifles firing. Do I sound like tough? <laughs> you don't totally. like you're, you're definitely know what you're reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> firing 0.5 BMG. Oh, this is a report. That's what that is, which I'm not going to click that link right now. This much firepower concentrated on one target for one second, let alone 30, would be extremely destructive. You could, that would just disintegrate something mm-hmm. entirely. Maybe not if it's 15 feet tall and girthy. <laughs> okay. Okay. So after the troops killed the giant, uh, they loaded it into a Chinook helicopter and took it to a C-130 plane, which is a transport plane. And then no one ever saw it again. Obviously, the people flying that. Mm. They know where it's at. And it's also said that it weighed 1,200 pounds and that the guys had to carry it. And the reason that they know about the teeth and all that shit is that when when they finally took it down after those 30 seconds, they were able to like go look at what the hell this thing was yeah no shit 
Go poke it with a stick. Yeah. Yeah. So the soldiers were then all forced to sign non-disclosures and eventually the... I feel I don't think you need to sign a non-disclosure when you're a soldier. I think that's like part of it. There's just shit that you see that you don't. I feel like there... Yeah. But I do feel like if you... Because didn't the guy who saw the alien spacecraft, wasn't he like, you have to be... There's like a separate level of shut up? Probably. Well, it's clearance levels, right? So I guess if you're like a private... I don't know. I did, for reference, so Brandon was in the desert at this time. So This is... Yeah. yeah. So I texted him and I said, did you come across any giants when you were in the desert at army? And he said, giant spiders. Yes. Like fee, fi, fo, fum. No. So sorry. Debunked. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> and we're done. Was he there in August 2002? He would have gotten in in 2000. Yeah. Maybe maybe two. Yep. 2002, 2006. And he was in Kandahar specifically. Oh, you want me to call him? <laughs> no, but I, I do have these questions for him that we I was like, up, I'm going to have I'll, a lot of questions I'll, for I'll, t- I'll tell him to call you later if you want to like set up a talk. We'll yeah. call it Ask an Army. Ask an Army. Yeah. Yep. And, and there's a reason I'm asking them. But um, oh, eventually the soldiers are uh, started breaking their silence because, quote, the people have a right to know. There's several accounts that have popped up. Men that were part of the special force, like that troop, that group of guys. Certain people have been like, oh, I, two guys have been like, I was part of that. And then there's, you know, videos and blogs that are like, oh, I talked to somebody who was in the U.S. military that that knows about this specific to, um, to Kandahar in 2002. August of 20. 16 after that youtube video comes out snopes contacts the department of defense and they're like what up with this kandahar giant story the department of defense was like we don't have any record or information about a special forces member killed by a giant in kandahar that response yes that response i feel like has language in it that can be killed yeah like that or like we don't have any record Mm -hmm. of it did they do a did they do like a foia or did they just like call be like hey yo i mean i feel like snopes was like we'll do we'll call them but we're not Not, spending a ton of time on this so then instead of that kind of fully shutting it down it it doubles down and then without a press release the dod website about special forces troop disappearing around that time or uh, a giant people are kind of like oh the government's hiding it from us as they are doing all of the time and honestly like i I was thinking like well with the alien like we found out Mm -hmm. decades later that yeah that was Anyway, the yeah, the lack of evidence and the lack of a record is not sufficient proof of shit for a lot of people. Around the same time that the Snopes article came out that discredited the story, self-proclaimed supernaturalist L.A. Marzulli told several right-wing websites that the United States government was covering up this spectacular story and that those in power had a, quote, vested interest in keeping the truth of biblical prophecies from being exposed to the general public quote people have a so this is you know a conspiracy against the bible obviously for the the truth for the bible wait they're trying to prove the bible because the giant does exist yes okay so it's each side is like there's a conspiracy against yeah just for different reasons Mm -hmm. this is a conspiracy so people have a right to know about this stuff if there are 15 or 18 footers roaming around the earth <laughs> bang, bang all up. Jeez. like maybe 18 footer what deep sea fish i love it 
roaming the earth and our military has brought them down. We have a right as American citizens to know about it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, this isn't classified military stuff. This is something we need to know. And it points back to the biblical prophetic narrative. So the real story of the Kandahar giant is actually a lot less interesting than. All right. um, Let's hear the myth. It's just tall guy. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's just some dude. Uh, it's four kids in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> and they still were only like six foot. And they put the red yeah. hat on. That's why they put the red hat on. Yeah. yeah. And that's why it took 30 strength. seconds. They yeah. started at they the started top at and the had top. to work their way yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. <laughs> like a carnival game. Yeah. yeah. Or they started at the bottom and just <laughs> knocked them off. And they yeah. Like, on their yeah, feet. They just like, clunk, 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 clunk. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. L.A. Marzulli, the YouTube channel, it's dedicated to, like I said, tying current events to biblical prophecies. And then August 2016, he's interviewing Mr. K and he tells the story uh, that we just talked about spears, etc. And then he names the speared guy Dan. He's like, and then he took Dan out, which was uh, interesting because also like Dan is the name you're just going right. to probably just go with. Mm. I don't think you knew this man. Yeah. So then according to Marzulli, the creature was a Nephilim. I'm assuming that's how you say it. That's uh, an angel, right? The, yes. So it's some people, yes, say it's a fallen angel mm-hmm. or a like group of people that are fallen angels, or some people uh, believe it's the offspring of angels and humans. Yeah, that's what it is. Or angels and demons. Ew. So this is a group of people. They're mentioned in Genesis and Numbers in the Old Testament. And so, I mean, it's the right region of the earth. People of unusually large size and strength. They're found in Middle East and they are mentioned before and after the flood. So they made it through mm-hmm. the ark mm-hmm. situation. They, they didn't well, drown, they're, so they're so tall. Yeah. yeah. They just stood there like, oh, I'm, turns I'm, out I'm the flood knees. was really only like five and a half yeah. feet. Everyone was people so were short. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the tallies they're just won. Like, mm. And then they fucked each other and made more giants. Yeah. So the biblical scholars largely agree that the tales of Nephilim people are metaphors. (laughs) Gotcha. And then the only, quote, Dan that died in Kandahar around that time was Sergeant First Class Daniel A. Romero. And he was killed when a bomb blast went off. And it was with three other soldiers. So it's like this like one-off speared man not that dan so then even with all of this the kandahar giant is still said to be an open secret amongst those who served in kandahar in 2002 i did double check this there's reddit forums where Mm -hmm. people are like our military has posts about it where it's like hey does anybody else know about this obviously a lot of people are (laughs) coming back at that person with a lot of r word comments but there was some interesting stuff in there too about uh, a dam that's haunted i really feel like i need to know the name of it wait why did you get i just think the concept of the haunted dam is like so many things are haunted honestly like thinking about uh, any kind of paranormal experience like that in a in a war-torn area or like it's just like whoa even more intense you know that those guys those people are not thinking about like ooh, this 
is spooky. It's I'm like, right. no, you could get yeah. shot at yeah. any minute. Yeah. I, I asked, I literally asked Brandon about this like the night, last night or the night before because I, I don't remember, I was watching, I was watching YouTube and I asked him, I was like, did you see when you were out there, did you see anything like spooky? Not like scary because you were in war, obviously you saw scary stuff, but like spooky, like do you have anything like that? And he's like, um, I like hallucinated because I was up for four days one time and I'm like, oh, well, that's sad. That's not like, oh, it's all ghost. Yeah. It's like, no, like oh suffered a trauma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you just... You don't say anything and just like, come, come here. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Here's a hug. Yeah. And then I started talking about MASH and he had never seen MASH before. And I explained one of the plot lines to MASH um, and, and it like, made him really sad. <laughs> I felt really bad. Why? Because he was like, there's no way. Well, because Brandon is sensitive. Who was his you know? hot lips? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he, yeah, it was all, it's the whole thing. <laughs> felt really bad and i also let him know because i was singing him the mash theme song and i was like you know what that song is called it's called suicide is painless and he's like oh and i'm like oh why are you re-traumatizing brandon i don't mean to because my love language is light bullying yeah yeah seems a little heavier than light (laughs) yeah that's true we were just talking it got too too heavy for him and it felt really really bad my love language is love (laughs) and you're like that's gonna be a problem not for me for you you knew what this was (laughs) 10 years in he's figured it out yeah yeah so the last thing is that several veterans that have served in the region are like oh yeah that story is for sure like i've heard it and then they also said that they were around that time a little bit after the multiple groups teams (laughs) are they called teams Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay they were instructed to point weapons high to aim for the head quote and then a little higher when they're Mm. going in to battle so like there was some kind of either you know some head of one of the teams was like oh shit i believe this or Mm. it did happen there's security clearance that you have to have but yeah there's also like drawings of it being like blue yeah i just i I googled uh kandahar Kandahar Giant. giant and the first picture that shows up looks like something from like fucking heavy metal where it's very cool looking and then the other one is a, a drawing and he's blue and it's just four army schlubs just putting a blanket over him <laughs> it's the two pictures next to each other like oh well pack it Aww. up the tomb of the fallen it looks like they're just putting giant. him in a bed they're like nate, nate. if that guy was real we'd get a lot of ladies yeah. or males or there was some there was no commentary was... on how big his dick was they didn't look that they always the only they... thing i would want to know immediately that may have been my um inherent sexism coming out that Mm. we are raised with because they refer to the giant as it Mm. so unknown but there i was also seeing some reports of some giants being noted since 2002 so So it could have been a lady giant could have been lady giant but it is not illustrated as yeah flapping in the wind oh yeah i mean unless they thought that was part of like an animal pelt that it was wearing oh man <laughs> some kind of bifurcated loincloth on that's yeah, very strange it's interesting yeah oh well kill Moving it on. yeah <laughs> oh well it speared us yeah i'm just looking at pictures of it that's... seeing if i can see some flaps <laughs> gross really trying to get in there yeah truly the word flaps mm-hmm. don't like speaking it. of i'm gonna go pee real quick and then i'll do my story Shake your flaps. Out. <laughs> oh, that's how I, I don't wipe. So. Yeah, Haley just wipes. <laughs> this whole episode—it's <laughs> terrible.
I was thinking about. I, I like to think about stuff when I pee. You know, obviously. And I was. I'm really focused on getting the pee out, so I if can't. You didn't. <laughs> Haley's got to think about it. If it's you, your grounding if meditation. You really didn't use toilet paper, but what if nobody did? And like our private parts had the ability to like shake in the way you know, like when you pet a cat the wrong way and it like squinches up yeah. its and it's like skin kind of, or like a dog or a horse and it just like twitchy kind yeah. of. What if they could do that to like shake pee off of your places? Mm. It's like I keep it's like I keep trying to derail. And yeah, we just I keep, keep coming. It keeps back. derailing itself. Yeah. <laughs> there are no rails. I it's apologize. off the rails. It's okay. Probably that that, that wasn't that was not <laughs> the don't. experience I had when I just peed. Just because now. it is uh, well, that thought will now okay, that thought level. will be with me all of the time now. Please don't take that out. Just like it. punish everyone who's listening. <laughs> Haley, tell your story. Okay. Okay. Gregor McGregor. No. Yep. <laughs> no. Yep. I was going to say something to start, like, y'all are going to hate this name, but too bad. Gregor McGregor was born on Christmas Eve, uh, 1786, in Glengal, Scotland. Could you tell that he was Scottish from the get go? Because <laughs> no. I could. He was born into the well known clan Gregor, whose proscription by King James VI in 1604 had been repealed only two years earlier in 1774. During this prescription, uh, the McGregors had been legally ostracized to the extent that they were forbidden to use their own surname. The name of this, Hmm. quote, wicked and unhappy clan was banned in the early 1600s after its members killed more than 140 rival clansmen at Glenfroon near Loch Lomond. Hey, hey, that's so where it comes from. war criminals. Kind of. No, this is tribal warfare in like the 1700s. It is what it is. What's up? Uh, so, they, so McGregor wasn't a name he was able to use. So was it like Gregor Mc? I don't know Smith? how they like address themselves because obviously the name Gregor or McGregor was passed down long enough, right. but you couldn't like speak it. You couldn't say it. Voldemort. So that's what a prescription is. You're basically your identity is kind of suppressed legally. So this kid was born, and they were like, "Let's double down the." He was born after, but soon after. Don't don't heart. I mostly wanted to include this part because I got to say Lac Lamond. Lamond family. Well, I just I feel like that's a form okay. of child abuse. It, it's that. a human abuse, really, because it's your whole life. Following the bloodshed, James the Sixth, in a bid to dismantle the clan, forced the McGregors or Gregors. It's the same kind of idea to drop their name or risk punishment by death. His extended relations also include the infamous Rob Roy, who had been involved in the Jacobite Rising in 1715, and he was basically a Scottish war hero, kind of akin to Robin Hood. This also, is all outlander shit. Yeah, it is. Also, real I gross drink it. named after him. I was going to say, Disgusting. give me a Rob Roy. Mm-mm. Well, I've ne- I don't know that. I don't drink. remember. Hold on. It's a Manhattan, but it's with scotch instead. Let me see. Oh, that, right? that sounds right. And it I hate is... it. Just scotch is supposed to be drink. Rob just Roy is a cocktail consisting primarily of whiskey, vermouth, and it looks like orange peel. So it's like an old fashioned, Fashion. but with vermouth. Mm. Anyways, okay. So with that. Like. That doesn't sound that bad. Oh, so Gregor is from a long line of well-known fighters and folk heroes. Very important. With Keep that, Gregor McGregor joined the British Army at the age of 16, just as it they started in the Napoleonic Wars. After only a year of service, he was promoted to lieutenant. That's usually something that takes about three years. Granted, when he first entered the army, his family purchased him his initial commission as an ensign 
which is like above a private but below a lieutenant. They spent about 450 bucks on buying him his rank, which would be like thousands of dollars yeah. today. It's like a fraternity. Like 80, 80, yeah. $100,000 to okay. get his rank. Yeah. A couple years later, he meets and marries Maria Bowater, a well-connected wealthy woman who also just happened to be the daughter of a Royal Navy Admiral, which is convenient because at this point, a few years later, most of his family was dead and they were out of money. <laughs> so he didn't have any money. They settled down and Gregor then uses his new familiar man- money to buy the rank of captain, which cost him about $900, which would be again in the hundreds of thousands of dollars in today's money. Him going from lieutenant to captain would have taken seven years if he mm-hmm. hadn't paid for it. It's kind of skipping the line on a bunch of this shit so he's a captain now in the army and he is like obsessed with appearances and status probably because he may be a little insecure about his own status Mm -hmm. so he forbade any enlisted man under him to leave their quarters without anything less than full dress all the regalia that you have to put on to show that you're in the service and then this was 200 years ago so it was even more than that this made him really who's respecting this guy (laughs) this made him incredibly unpopular (laughs) so he's in the army for a few years and then in 1810 he gets into kind of like a kerfuffle with his superior officer or something that is described as trivial but Gregor like keeps picking at it and making it an issue and it becomes so antagonistic that uh, Gregor has to request a discharge which he is immediately granted because everyone hates him (laughs) (laughs) yeah so at this point he's 23 and he is he moves to Edinburgh with his wife Maria and in an attempt to establish his high status in the new city he assumed the title of colonel again not his rank he was a captain <laughs> yep. this is like when comics lie about their credits <laughs> to get on shows kind of <laughs> and then he also wore a badge that indicated he was knighted in portugal and sure he, why not right. and he <laughs> also toured the city in an extravagant and brightly colored couch a coach okay yeah, i, I wish it kind was of wish funny if he was carrying around on a, on a couch so the, this is him attempting to inflate his importance in edinburgh nobody bought it everyone was like you're an idiot we know you're full of <laughs> shit you're obviously gregor. full of shit so gregor and maria are like oh, i think maria is just along for the ride she's funding this whole shit whatever in 1811 they moved to london and there he started going by sir gregor mcgregor bart bart is like a title mm. Like Bard or yeah. something. Yeah. And claimed to be the successor of the McGregor clan chieftain. This was wholly untrue, but it did create an air of credibility and respectability for himself in London society, which is what he was kind of going for. Kind of gets a, a little bit of the traction he wants about being like big man around town. Then, unfortunately, within the year of them moving to London, his wife Maria dies. That leaves McGregor in a lurch financially because his in-laws hated him. So they were not going to financially support him even after their daughter and his wife died. So he kind of had like three options at this point to reestablish himself. It was either to remarry, move back to his small farm town in Scotland that he was from, or rejoin the army. So he can't really remarry because the Bowaters are in high society. And if he were to remarry quickly, that would like scorn them Mm -hmm. and they could really fuck up his reputation if he got on their bad side any further. The other option would be to move back to Scotland, which sounds real lame and boring. It's like if you like go out and see the world and you end up having to go back to your hometown because Mm -hmm. you failed, you don't want to do that. And he can't, the only other real life experience he has is in the army, but he kind of like, he sucked at it and he left kind of with his tail between his yeah. legs and so he'd be like crawling back he's kind of bumming around london in 1811 and then gregor starts hearing about this venezuelan revolutionary named general francisco de miranda who had come to london and he'd been kind of celebrated 
and mm-hmm. shown around society there and people really started to respect him and he got a lot of hype around him. So he was kind of like, hmm. So there was a lot of colonial revolts happening in Latin America at this time against Spanish rule. This is in, this includes the Venezuelan War of Independence. This general was coming to London and getting this like star treatment and McGregor formed the idea that the exotic adventure of the new world might earn him some similar celebrity with homecoming. So after kind of running in the same circle with this Miranda guy, a few months later, he's like, I'm going to Venezuela. So he goes to Venezuela. Let me get caught up. You there. say it like mom. Venezuela. You huh? say Venezuela. Oh, I don't know how I'm saying it wrong. It's it's Venezuela. Okay. I'm just Venez- saying. No, that's it, how it, mom it deserves says the it. respect to be said correctly. Honestly, though, that's how we grew up because of Wadi. Mom, because of Wadi, our, our, next our next neighbor. neighbor was named Wadi, and mom said he was ven- from Venezuela. Like there's an I. It's yeah. a Peggy yeah. Hill kind of Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Venezuela. Say it again. How am I supposed to say it? Venezuela. 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 I don't think I'm gonna have to say it too many times more. We're gonna get to Honduras pretty quickly and I can say that one. He arrives in Venezuela. (laughs) It's Venezuela. It's it's 33 years of saying. Venezuela. In April 1812. Upon his arrival, he chose to present himself as Sir Gregor and offered his services to General Miranda. And Miranda was like, cool, you're an experienced naval army guy. We're doing this shit out here. Sounds good. Um, I'll offer you a position. And McGregor received the rank of colonel, actually became a colonel, fake it till you make it, and was put in charge of a battalion. So he does pretty good. He leads some missions. He's not like the best military leader ever, but he's doing all right. He marries a woman named (laughs) Josefa. Josefa? Josefa with a J. Josefa. Josefa. I took German, so this is going to be bad. Yeah. It's Josefa. It's no Ina. It's a. Mm hmm. Um, who was the cousin of the famous revolutionary Simone Bouvier? Mm-hmm. Bolivar? Bolivier? Um, Bolivier? How does it happen? B O L I V A R. No, we do. It's people. Bolivar. Name. Bolivar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heiress to an important um, Caracas family. Great job, Gregor. You married into the right money again. Then the war that he's a part of kind of starts to fall apart. Miranda gets captured and dies in prison. So he's kind of like, mm, over this war, let's leave. So him and his new wife end up in a Dutch colony in um, Curacao. He keeps doing like regional army things in South America because, like I was saying, South America is pretty unstable mm-hmm. at this point. So he's like going in, leading battalions, doing doing okay and then like dipping one example is in 1817 when he was recruited to try to overtake some ports in spanish florida to act as revolutionary bases and he went first thing first mistake he made is he went to the united states to try to raise volunteers mostly be it was not super successful because it was actually illegal for americans to fight in foreign wars at that time Hmm. still he did raise several hundred men to come fight for him and he also raised around one hundred sixty thousand dollars by selling people's bonds promising them land in Florida if they were to come fight and they were going to win the land. Unfortunately for McGregor, most of the recruits would wind up being arrested when they tried to leave the U.S. Mm -hmm. to come fight for a foreign nation. He managed to conquer Amelia Island, which we actually had a cousin who lived on for a while. Not during car shows in Amelia Island. Um, It's off (laughs) the coast of Florida. So (laughs) he, he managed to conquer Amelia Island, where he then declared it the Republic of Florida and named himself ruler. And that worked for a few months, but eventually the Spanish retook it mm-hmm. and he kind of saw what was happening and he was just and he dipped he basically he abandoned his men out. it was like oh, later the command fell to this guy named Jared Irwin who was able to actually repel the Spanish forces for a while but were eventually 
you know, taken over. And also, even though McGregor had left, he um, then reported that he was the one who was able to repel the Spanish forces for a good amount of, of time. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this exact example of him, like, growling a group of troops to go do a war thing mm-hmm. and then abandoning them happens, like, four or five times over in other places. So much to the point that there was another general that was back in London that wrote an expose book about him at the time, about oh. how shitty he was at this. Well, and he's taking advantage of the, this was a minor of mine in mm. college. So I did a lot of Latin American history. This, it's, he's also just taking advantage of people that are at a point where they're like, we we want our own. This is our land. Yeah, right. And so he's going in. Right. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll help you out. Let's go fight him. Yep. That's exactly what he's doing. Bye. Yeah. So then in 1820, McGregor moved to a former British colony on the Mosquito Coast, which is in in Nicaragua. It's like a swampy, pest-infested area. Only the Mosquito Indians live there. McGregor then traded jewelry and rum for 8 million acres of land, and he bought the land from the Mosquito King, George Frederick Augustus. He tried to cultivate the land, but he very quickly learned that that's not going to happen. Can't farm, can't develop, can't do anything. Right. It's mm-hmm. just it's just sand, the ocean, and jungle. So he's like, well, I've already invested in this, and I can't really go back to my army days at this point because my reputation sucks. I'm older. So he changed tactics, and he named the land that he had acquired at this point Poya. Then in 1821, McGregor and his wife, still Josefa, I'm sorry, Josefa, I'm never going to get that right. I'm going to default to German pronunciation, arrived back in London with a surprisingly interesting story to tell. Upon their arrival in London, McGregor made claim of being a Kazik or Prince of Poya, an independent nation in the Bay of Honduras. The prestigious honor had been bestowed upon him by none other than King George Friedrich Augustus of the Mosquito Coast. He then goes on to describe Poya as a paradise with land that could yield anything, so much so that you could do full three, three full crops of maize in one year. This bitch doing a timeshare. <laughs> a river where one could mine tons of gold. He described it of globules of gold just in the river. Per- I'd be like, show me, bitch. Yeah, perfect weather with evergreen sunny, sunny summers. And he also described Poyasia climate as, quote, remarkably healthy, agreeing admirably with the constitution of Europeans. He also purported that there was already an established and advanced capital city called St. Joseph that was established during the colonial period. So it had banks and mansions and schools and hospitals and an opera house. This um, big European yep, city you ain't never heard of. In, in Honduras, Nicaragua, that area. And then in the capital, one could find Poyas Bank. Yeah, yeah, so I said that. He basically was like, and also, because I'm the print, I can sell y'all some land deeds. And so people's folks are signing the fuck up like they're like yeah this place sounds awesome like we want to get in on it we want to go there so many potential settlers traded their life savings for a chance to experience this life in paradise yeah gregor (laughs) gregor mcgregor devised a parliament system constitutional arrangements drew up commercial and banking mechanisms and money designed uniforms for each regiment of Poyasian army. His imaginary country had an honor system, land titles, a coat of arms, and the same, similar to the Green Cross that flew in Florida. He also had um, offices set up in London, Edinburgh, and Glasgow to operate as consulates and that they could sell land certificates out to the general public and coordinate for prospective immigrants. McGregor mounted a very aggressive sales campaign. He gave interviews in national newspapers. He engaged publicists, wrote advertisements, leaflets. There was a 355-page guidebook, chiefly, quote, chiefly intended for the use of settlers called Sketch of the Mosquito Shore, including the territory of Poya, which he wrote 
wrote under a pen name. And according to Gregor, within the first year, about 500 folks had bought land in Poya, yeah, it was by 1823. And this would net Gregor like millions, yeah, millions of dollars. The buyers included many who invested everything. <laughs> McGregor became, to quote, one 21st century financial analyst, analyst, the, quote, founding father of securities fraud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, you know, you got to start somewhere. Um, skilled tradesmen. And it's not just like poor folks who are giving all of their money to go do this stuff. There's like professionals. There's mm-hmm. tradesmen, artisans who were promised free passage um, and supplies and lucrative government contracts. He actually he got a lot of Scots to sign up going back home and recruiting Scottish people to the point where they had they had enough buyers to fill seven ships of immigrants and a ship at that time would fit probably like 250 300 mm-hmm. people there were also doctors civil servants young men whose families had bought them positions in the Poesian army and mm-hmm. navy oh shit yeah so he's kind of he's like turning it back mm-hmm. around does and, this make him a genius since he's the first one a criminal genius you know? yeah and even an edinburgh cobbler who accepted the post of official shoemaker to the princess of poya oh yeah so I mean, he was that selling one tiles sounds like you could make some money off yeah, of it if eventually. it existed <laughs> well i mean if he does end up making shoes for the prince well anyways whatever so so he spent he spends a year or so selling all this land and getting all the hype up and writing his own documents and creating money and kind of he, it's really good role play this is some like cosplay shit he just gone a little too sure. far some fanfic of his own writing so mcgregor arranged the first voyage of 70 immigrants from london to aboard the a boat called honduras packet he personally saw the voyage off which set off in september of 1822 and the ship spent two months on the turbulent seas and then docked off the black river on the mosquito coast the settlers get there and they found no sign of the city of saint joseph the immigrants just set up camp on shore assuming that the poesian authorities would soon like contact this them and the find original them. fire fest yep, yep. <laughs> so they sent numerous search parties like inland guided by some natives that they did come upon who recognized the name saint joseph just probably from like general colonization at that time mm-hmm. and the only thing that so the people who actually went into like fine places were kind of the higher ups on the ships they're the people who actually like, kept in the ship or worked on the mm-hmm. ship and they went in and all they found were like long forgotten rubble from like years and years. years and years ago and so they're just set up in tents on the beach and it's sand and jungle and that's it what's worse is another ship called the kinsley castle had an additional 250 settlers that launched just a couple weeks behind them. So they couldn't get any of that information nope. back. Yeah. Already on the already on the way. So luckily the 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 would-be immigrants had brought ample provisions with them. So they did have medicines. They had some doctors, you know, it wasn't just all mm-hmm. lay people. So they weren't totally hopeless, but apart from the captain of the ships, none of the off- military officers, government, well, government officials, they sold titles. Mm-hmm. So how official sure. are they? And civil servants appointed by McGregor made any serious attempts to like organize anybody either. So it's just basically like, the only thing I think is like Hoovervilles on the beach. Right. Like mm-hmm. just people trying to survive. The thing is many, if not most of the settlers continued to believe in the existence of of Poya. It's like a sunk cost kind of fallacy thing. And they were thought maybe they were lost and they were just waiting for the arrival of either McGregor or the other inhabitants of Poya to find them and take them to their promised paradise. Well, yeah, it's unprecedented. Why would they think anything <laughs> else? Like I somebody would, be would like, lie? Someone's going to yeah. find it. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure this out. And yeah. I guess just like how imprecise navigation is at that time right. and like it could kind of be anything. So over a few months that the settlers were in Poya, they were there was torrential rains that brought 
insects, disease, landslides, many of the new inhabitants sunk into despair. There was mutiny, rampant violence, and obviously like suicide. Then finally, in May of 1823, a ship carrying an embassy to the Mosquito King from British Honduras discovered the camp of all of these white people. And what year? 1823. May of 1823. Okay. So months after. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like a six-month period, yeah. basically. That is when the settlers were informed that Poya did not exist, and they were advised to... If they had any hope of survival, they either needed to go farther in and settle in Belize or go home. It wasn't until somebody that was literally local said, this doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. that they actually Mm -hmm. like, and they had literally been living in fucking tents on a beach for six months. So yeah, coincidentally, a couple days later, another ship carrying King George Frederick Augustus, the guy who apparently bestowed this prince tin on McGregor actually came by in a ship and he confirmed that McGregor had never been recognized as an authority over any mosquito land and told the Brits that they were in fact illegally settled on his territory. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. With the exception of 30 people who were like really sick, all the settlers decided to take their chances in Belize rather than remain there and become subjects of the mosquito king. <laughs> so yeah. he took those sick people. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's kind of nice. He's like, yeah, if you want to stay, we'll like you're just you mine up, now. And then you just yeah. work for me. Yeah. So Where's McGregor? Where is he? Hanging oh, in Europe. Chilling. Yep. Um, well, he fled to Paris, mm. where he started selling shares to Poya again. Of course. Mm. The French caught on pretty quickly mm-hmm. to the scam. Obviously, like the also the kind of word had gotten out, right? And he was imprisoned in Paris for eight months, but eventually acquitted on all char- charges because he had fantastic lawyers. I don't have a lot of information past that, but there you go. McGregor returned to London in 1826. So this is like three years after... The Mm -hmm. actual Poya fraud came to, I guess, fruition. And by that time, the initial scandal had already like blown up and calmed down and died down a little bit. So McGregor was able to maintain his reputation because public disapproval was actually focused on speculators and South American loans rather than his misrepresentation of Poya. So he basically said that it was the South Americans who defrauded him and he was a victim oh. too. They told me it was really cool, so yeah. I just went with yeah. it. He so it's all about the he said she mm-hmm. said bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he did get taken to court, but he was found not guilty on all charges, which is incredible. Yeah, white dude. He was then so far removed from any personal responsibility about the fraud that, and the the concept of a poya fraud had become a thing, kind of the way like a, a Ponzi, Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Like it's so, but it's not called like the McGregor fraud. Yeah. It's called the poya fraud that they had to write like pamphlets and public warnings to investors about this type of fraud, and they called it a poya fraud. It was published in 1826, and it makes no mention of McGregor's name at all. He's mm. not even listed as like a person who could do this Bitch to you. got away with it and he got rich doing mm. it. So McGregor, a free man, continues to run similar small-scale securities fraud. Uh, the last attempt to sell some land in Poya by McGregor was in 1837. His wife then died in 1838. He moved to Venezuela. Still going to say it wrong. Uh, that same year that his wife died. And then he died at the age of 58 in 1845, where he was a respected member of the local uh, Caracas community. And he was a billionaire. The part of Honduras on the Mosquito Coast that was supposedly Poya remains undeveloped to this day. Mm -hmm. And back in Scotland at the McGregor graveyard near Loch Katrine, where he 
was raised and born. The clan memorial stones make no mention of McGregor or the country that he invented. Yeah. They were just like, let's just write this yeah. one out. Yeah. No one needs that, to know. Yeah. So he did not suffer any consequences for that. Must be nice. Yeah. Must be trying to get like you, my boy. That's that makes me that also bums me out. Yeah. This is also the second Florida man mm. that I've had in two weeks. Like it was the Florida was like just part of his story. It wasn't the whole thing. Sure. Though. But he had a good time on Amelia Island. He did. So. He was a little he was a little dictator man until he was didn't want to deal with it anymore because the Spanish were coming to retake it. Yeah, that at that point it was America, but then it was gonna be not America again. I think the way they described it is that it would have been a strategic revolutionary. So whoever we are is revolting against. Okay, it was, was a like, lot I to don't read know what through. That means. <laughs> Wait, like well, Florida was just yeah, whatever we needed to that be? That part of Florida, because that's the oh, it's like east islands coast and shit. Mm-hmm. of Florida. And it's right at the border between Florida and what's the state right above it? Georgia. Georgia? Yeah. Florida line. There you go. I'm I'm bleeping that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Gregor McGregor. Damn. Yeah. It's a piece of shit. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. A lot, so much reading of it was all just military. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, I get it. He's uh, he's okay. good enough to get the job, but then when he once he fucks up, he dips. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, that's just the whole. As soon as you were like Venezuela, I was like, <laughs> fuck, eighteen. He's yeah. gonna take advantage of some shit. For sure. Yeah, because I'm sure he looked way better than yeah. He, oh, yeah. He had some money just walking in like, yes, I will help your revolution. Yeah. yeah. Being a real Jean Lafitte about it, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and a lot of the um, locals were the ones revolting and they didn't have yeah, like didn't trained have military experience. The Spanish did. Wanna, that were there yeah. being colonists and mm-hmm. dicks. I guess it's just because they the Brits were at war actively at that point as well that was still during the Napoleonic Wars I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. so you kind of get suspicious of like why are you fighting your own why you gotta come to ours but then if you're like your experience will take you but you have to know that they're gonna be kind of sketchy yeah right yeah but I'll, I don't remember when but at some point Napoleon kind of had a stronghold of all of Brazil mm. and so God. <laughs> look at you l- using your degree for this job that pays us. She's smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this job that pays us. So there, anyway, okay. Mm. You know, as I mean, soon as I start talking about Napoleon, I want to just go run into the ocean. Because mm-hmm. it's CJ. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. He loves them. He does. What? I didn't know this about him. <laughs> Next Wait, time. Wait, you're joking, right? No. You do know that. No, oh, I don't. No. No. Oh. Uh. It usually comes in line with the other thing that he'll yell every now and then. Okay. <sighs> All right. Well, <laughs> just about that. Just like one long. No. Yeah. It's a hearing uh, test. It yeah. is. Did you hear this it? This has been a test of the American Broadcasting Corporation. We should. You can't do that. You can't Use fake those it. sounds. Yeah. It's no. illegal. Are they going to come for us? I think so. Yeah. Probably. I hope they do. What if we changed it to like? What if it's this our has been a test of your mom's mm-hmm. broadcasting? As long as you don't use the it's the, the actual sounds, oh. like the ee yeah ee beep, whatever comes after you're, that. You're too accurate on it. You're too Thank good you. of a mimic. I know. We're gonna get in trouble. I worked in radio. Um, cool. So thanks for listening. 
follow us at Weird Brunch everywhere. Rate us and like us on Hot or Not. Or like Apple Podcasts or something might be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But, but talk about how hot we yeah, are. Yeah, but talk about yeah. how hot we are. Exclusively. Ex- please. Please. They know us more intimately you now. You can hear how poop. big her yeah. boobs are based on <laughs> the tone of her voice. That would be a lie on that two would, thirds of yes, this. Yes, it's very true. <laughs> Lisa speaks for all three Lisa of us. Lisa boobs for all of us. Yes. Uh, uh, great. Uh, okay. Well, that's how we're ending it. Oh. Bye. <laughs>